Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Nick Ant Podcast. This is episode 23. Today, we had a special guest on from Utah. He was based out of Salt Lake City area. His name is Chandler Garrick. He's a founder of the Bushwhackers, landscape photographer, videographer, someone who I've been following for quite some time and someone who's inspired me to start this podcast. And I went through a series of questions of interviewing him about different topics such as being creative, staying grounded in your values, and understanding how to build a real community with real people people versus just having people online that you talk to back and forth in the comments. And without further ado, I cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast. I hope you gain some valuable insights from what Chandler answers in these questions right now when I cut to it. And before we get going, make sure you share this podcast with a friend. If you liked it, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. It's the best way to help this channel grow and get seen by more people. Leave a comment if you have any questions or want us to cover a certain topic. And we're on all the major podcasting streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. For our Instagram, it's at the Nick Amp Podcast. My Instagram account is at the Nick Amp. Without further ado, let's cut to the podcast episode. All right, I'm here with Chandler Garrick. Chandler, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Man, so I really just want to get right into it. Uh, you're someone who inspires me into the photography space, into being authentic. So I really am really curious about why did you pursue photography and this whole creative side of the industry? What what made you want to pursue this side? Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of different things. Um, I've always been one who really loves, um, you know, the art and creating and things like that. Um, it's something I've always really appreciated. And I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of got into it by accident, for being totally honest. I mean, I when I started doing photography, I was doing human resources work. And I wasn't really loving it. And I was like, there's, there's got to be something else out there for me to do. And I kind of found photography as, as more of a hobby and got into it and kind of realized, like, I need to do this full time. I need to do this long term because this is this is what I want to do. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I uh, when I was how old was I, 12, 13, something. I think I was 13 years old. I took a, uh, you know, those little like online vocational test that you can take and it'll tell you what career to do yes i took that and it told me i got photographer and i was like that's cool yeah not doing that and then so i you know i i didn't even think twice about it um i i don't know i guess i can't say it didn't think twice because it was kind of it was itching in the back of my head for a, a long time when i was younger but um i don't know i should have listened then and, and just got into it when i was 13 instead of waiting until i was I don't know, 24, 25 when I started doing this, but, um, yeah, just kind of a funny thing. I don't know. I've, like I said, I've always loved, you know, the, the process of creation. I, I love music. Um, I got to do, I, I worked as a, uh, as a custom, um, like furniture painter for a long time, like wood finisher and stuff doing custom wood finishes. And there was a lot of really cool, like, I don't know, artsy things that I was able to do with that a lot of cool creative processes that I was able to, to kind of implement with that so I've always loved it um but I don't know it kind of took me a while to get into photography so so as far as the creative side and the artsy industry you've always had a little bit of a leaning towards it 
as hearing from your painting experience and started as a hobby. What was the main thing that you think really drew you to wanting to do this long term? I think I just kind of realized that I, well, so it's, I, I've always really valued the idea of doing something um, for my career that I really love. Um, I, I'm not somebody who does things that I don't like doing very easy. You know, like I don't, I don't stay focused. Like for example, human resources work, like, you know, doing, um, you know, data, data analytics and stuff like that and looking at spreadsheets and stuff like that's, that's not something that I love doing. And I want, that's what I was doing when I first found photography and it's just not something that I love. And it's, it's really important to me just, I don't know, important to my soul, I guess, to, uh, to do something long-term that I love. So I got into photography and I was like, this is something that I really, really love. And I want to do this forever and I wanted this for a long time. And, and what's cool about photography too, is it's there, you're never done learning or you're never done growing. And so it's, it's kind of this endless field of things uh, for me to do. And I don't know, that was really attractive to me. So that's really cool, man. I mean, Starting out as a hobbyist, I think that's one of the best ways to go because you didn't just jump right into it as trying to get paid for it. So as you're beginning in the hobbyist, who were you pulling inspiration from? Like, was there a certain Instagrammer, YouTuber, just someone that was like, hey, I want to be like this guy? <clears throat> um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few. I mean, it's kind of changed a little bit over the years. I mean, I'm, I'm one of these guys who, you know, when I first got into it, I found Peter McKinnon and like that was kind of my first exposure to photography um and so that you know he was kind of my my you know as it is with a lot of people he was kind of my first big influence um then I don't know I've kind of found a lot of a lot of other guys over the years you know there's a lot of guys that um are here that are Utah based that are kind of in the uh I don't know the the local community that are super inspiring to me um seeing a lot of guys on on instagram or just seeing you know what other people are producing on the on the internet that's always been something that's really inspiring to me and then i obviously i have a bunch of um photographers now that i you know i'm always um inspired by such as like i don't know michael shane bloom or thomas heaton a lot of those bigger you know youtube photographer guys um yeah yeah so you mentioned the the local photographers or people in your Utah community. Something that inspires me is the photographers who are true photographers and they don't do photography for Instagram. Like they may have 300 followers, but their photos are literally better than 90, 99% of the people on Instagram. Do you think there's a difference? I mean, what do you think separates them? I mean, what's the biggest separator? Um, I think mainly it's a, uh, um, I, I'm thinking about one guy in, in particular. I don't know if you follow this guy. His name is what's his last name? William. I think it's Neil or Neil. I think it's spelled like N E I L. I always say Neil in my head, but I think it's the other way on the uh, the E and the I. But anyway, he doesn't have like a ton of Instagram followers. I don't know how much he has necessarily off the top of my head, but it's not you know tens of thousands or anything like that. And he's one of my favorite photographers, and it's. He's a guy who's been doing it for a really, really long time, and he has more of a, I don't know, classic approach to landscape photography. And I don't know. I mean, I think there's a few, if you really want to, like, break it down, I think there's a few things that kind of separates some of these guys. I mean, there's there's definitely a style thing. A lot of guys who 
um, they're, you know, really, really good photographers. They don't necessarily have like a, uh, they don't have that Instagram style of photography because Instagram really does have its own unique style of photography, or I guess it, it attracts a, a specific style of photography. Um, you know, very like, um, very punchy, colorful, contrasty, um, vignetted, center composed, stuff like that. There's a very unique style to Instagram. And um, I think it's, you know, people have kind of adapted that uh, because they've seen, you know, that those photos do really well engagement wise, you know, they're really um, striking photos. They're really easy photos to comprehend as far as like competition and stuff goes. So I think the reason that some of these guys who, you know, they have somewhat smaller followings. Um, actually, another good example of this is, I don't know if you followed, um, but Nimit Patel. Um, he, and I don't think he's has, you know, 300, 400 followers. He's got a bunch more than that, but he's another one of these guys who just, his work is amazing and it's not catered to Instagram. It's not catered to, you know, the, the travel vlogger style of photography. And it's, I don't know. It's really, it's really cool to see, see stuff like that. So that's the stuff that really inspires me. Not so much the, uh, you know, have a person standing in a cool place kind of photos. So. Nimitz the man. I I love that guy. He uh I've had great conversations with him. He is another one that inspires good, me. Wait, didn't you hang out with him? Um, no, we didn't end up meeting up. Uh, conditions and things changed. So, but soon. Oh, gotcha. But for people, Hopefully. there's some photographers out there. They're kind of in the middle between Instagrammer versus actually wanting to be a true artist. Is there any advice you can give to those people where they're kind of like okay? I'm posting these Instagram photos, I'm taking these photos, but they really do want to become a true artist, but they just don't know where to get started with that. And I feel like you could give some actionable insights on that because you do stay pretty grounded in what is important to you. So I think they would really benefit from that. Um, well, so I think, you know, it, it's kind of important to figure out what you want to do. You know, like to me, it's it's really important to me, to myself to try to create pieces of photography that are important to me and that, um, I don't know, appeal to my taste and, you know, and, and not, I, I don't want to create something that's for the machine or, you know, for other, not that I want to create stuff that's, that's good for other people to see, but, um, I don't want to create something for an algorithm. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So I guess my first little bit of advice would just be to, yeah, figure out what you're wanting to do, figure out what your goals are uh, with photography. And then what I did was I just started broadening my horizons. You know, like I kind of stopped trying to follow the big Instagrammers, you know, the big travel influencers. I kind of stopped trying to follow those guys and I tried to find, you know, photography that was different than what I was used to seeing. Um, again, I go back to that that William Nile guy. Um, very like, he has a ton of like really abstracty kind of work. Um, it's you know like he'll take a, he'll go to Yosemite and he'll take photos of like reeds in in a pond, and it's like some of the coolest photos I've ever seen. And I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he makes that look really you know so cool. But it's so different than what I see on Instagram. And you know when you start kind of finding people like that, it'll lead you to other people. And, and that is one thing that's that is nice about Instagram is when you start. You know, it like it, it's algorithm based. So when you start following people like that, it'll start showing you stuff like that. And you can kind of start seeing what other people are doing. And it helps you to broaden your 
horizons of what's possible in the world of photography. So that's, I mean, that's what I would do. That's what I've done. Um, just try to find people outside of the social media sphere to, to get inspiration from. Another good way is books, looking at photography mm -hmm. books. So I, I love photography books. You know, we'll go to my wife loves to read and she loves going to bookstores and stuff. So like if we go to a bookstore, I always go to the photography book section and there's always good stuff there. You know, there's great photographers or go, you know, go see photo galleries and, and or whatnot. So yeah, that's probably the, the advice that I would, that I would give. You know, Chandler, you make some really strong points. The first one I've done trying to find different people on social media who are not like your normal travel creator or just social media person who takes photos. I've really dug deep and looked for people who are different posting actual creative work. And you could tell when they put effort into their art, it, it looks different. It feels yeah. different, you know, and the one that you give you bring up a good point is reading books on photography, going to the art galleries. I've been to art galleries, not for photography, but just for paintings. And even that, it really changes your perspective and mm -hmm. how you look at art. So for those of you listening, there you go. You just gave some actionable steps. Now I want to transition to something that you talk about on your podcast some. And when you guys started your podcast, this is one of the topics that you talked about. And I was kind of in the middle on this area. And you really, you guys helped me keep, stay grounded in this area. It kind of inspired me to be more authentic to myself. And it goes with being making art and not substance. And you, Chandler, I know your answer to this question, but I want you to tell me why it's important. Are you a photographer or are you a content creator? What are your thoughts and approach to this topic? Somebody listened to our last episode. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what my, my answer is, but well, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. And, and Luke and I kind of talked about this on the, uh, on the, on that episode, you know, like I identify, I guess, as a, as a photographer and as a you know a filmmaker videographer and all that like i don't i don't identify as a content creator now realistically in i don't know business terms or just you know t technically speaking what we do you know we luke and i create content you know we 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 do we can be put under that umbrella of content creator because of you know we're doing a podcast we do vlogs we do educational material we do photos and all this different kind of stuff. So, you know, so we are producing a wide variety of visual content for the internet, but I don't like identifying as a content creator because I think that's just too broad. And I don't like how that word is kind of infiltrated, you know, our daily vocabulary. So I don't, we did a whole episode on it and it was like an hour long episode on why the word content is bad for media. So, um, and it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a long conversation, but um, yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of that word. I'm not a big fan of the word content creator because I think it's just too broad, and I think it can be kind of degrading to the the art of photography and, and filmmaking and things like that. So there it is. I think it is degrading to artists, whether it's in any medium. So if you're a photographer, videographer, whatever kind of artist. Go with what you want to do. You're an artist. You don't have to fit in with the content creators. There's people out there succeeding just making art. You can do it. So moving, fo moving forward, you have built a strong, strong community. Really strong. I mean, in, what's crazy about this to me is that you don't have 
the biggest following in social media, but yet you have so many people you met up with in person. How how did how does that how did that even happen? Well, I think you know the main thing is just we have tried to approach this whole thing with being as authentic and personable as we can, um, and really striving to take the relationships that we make with people and moving them off of social media. That's kind of the key thing, you know. Like we we can have relationships with as many people as we want on social media, but. You know, they can be fairly authentic relationships. I have, you and I are a good example of this. You know, like I feel like I have a good relationship with you. We've never met in person. Um, But taking that relationship and moving it off of social media is a really, really important step to really developing a deeper relationship with people. And that's something that we've tried to do with so many people. I mean, Luke and I, we used to, when Luke and I were living together, we would like, you know, we would both get home from our jobs and be like, oh, we mess I messaged this guy on Instagram today and we're going to try to get him out, you know, and then we're going to get him out on a trip. We're going to get him out on a photo shoot. We're going to introduce him to all these different people, you know, and then, you know, and next thing you know, we have this group of, you know, 100, 150 people that we're good buddies with in real life. Um, so I think that's honestly the, the main difference in what we do. You know, there's a lot of guys on social media who they you know they're trying they, they build communities and stuff you know they're, they're trying to build a uh an instagram community and that's great but as i've you know i've been on social media long enough to know that those communities when they're not translated over into a uh, real life in-person relationship a lot of those communities just kind of crumble and they just kind of fall away over time um so i think getting that in-person relationship built is really really important to building a you know really grounded and true community of people that's that's really close so and that's the thing that's what's really cool is it's like we have a lot of people where it's it's not just a relationship that we have with them but like we've been able to connect other people you know in ways that like they'll go out and shoot and they'll go hang out and go on trips together and they didn't know each other before like they were connected through us and then we connected them with other people and stuff. And so that's really cool to see. I love when, when stuff like that happens, you know, it's, there's, there's several cases of that and it's, it's one of my favorite things. So people don't always have the community like you guys have. Sometimes they live in a small town or just not a lot of creatives or just don't know how to go about building that community. Should they be the ones building it themselves if no one else is doing it? And if so, what would you tell them to start? How would they start? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, we, we've got a few guys like that who are in that, that same situation. Um, we have a friend, his name is Matt Johnsgard. He lives out in Arkansas. Luke has, has met him. This is one thing that's cool about Luke, by the way, just a little side note is Luke will travel anywhere to meet anybody, no matter how small of a place that they live in. Like Matt Johnsgard, this, this guy lives out in Arkansas. He does incredible waterfall photography and i'm sure you've seen his stuff on on instagram um but he lives out in the middle of nowhere in arkansas there's not a lot of photographers and you know people who kind of do landscape photography and stuff out there there are people out there but like not as much as like in utah or you know out here in in the, the west um so luke will find these people he's done this in illinois or indiana illinois i can't remember which one um arkansas he just barely went to new york to do the same thing this like a week ago 
um like he finds all these guys who are kind of loners in their you know little local community and he'll fly out and go like hang out with them for a week or so um one little cool side note about about luke but yeah if if you're in that i mean that that's kind of where like i don't know i was i didn't realize that there was like a, a super saturated community of photographers here in utah already but like when i first got into it i was like i need to start meeting people i need to start finding people and that's the approach i you know i took but i mean luckily i live in utah but yeah i think if if you're stuck in the middle of arkansas or i don't know kansas or somewhere like that yeah just you know try to build it yourself and a lot of times that's kind of scary you know it's you got to put a little bit of extra effort into it and you know you have to kind of force yourself to to meet people like i'm in i'm more of a introvert a lot of times than an extrovert and so like i don't you know going and meeting people isn't always like my favorite thing to do but i recognize that community is important important so like you know i, I go and do it because i i think it's great um but yeah taking the effort and taking the time to, to build it yourself is is really important um it's also i think another good way to to kind of deal with that is to find people on instagram find people on social media and, and try to build relationships with people over social media you know this is again to go back to the, that matt johnsgaard guy this is exactly what has happened to him he like feels like he's part of our bushwhacker community even though like he doesn't live here he feels like he's all you know intertwined with everything that's going on but yeah he's not he's not here in utah he's out by himself in arkansas um you know but like if you take the time to really build those relationships on social media you, you know, a lot of these are and, and then make the effort to meet up with people in person um that can kind of help to deal with you know being somewhat of a a loner in your in your space so those are some that makes sense no that makes 100 percent sense i think something that i made a, a priority this year to do was collaborate with others and meet with more people because I realized a lot of the things I was doing were by myself. And after a while, that gets kind of boring. I mean, sharing these moments with other people, are it's a lot better, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, you guys, just seeing how big of a community you guys have, and I was like, you know what? That is it. I am done. I'm going to start reaching out to people first, putting the effort in. And honestly, I've already made a lot more connections with more creatives than I thought were even in the area. And I'm going to be make, hanging out with two people from my local area making videos, just creative creative work, whatever it is. But so kudos to you and thanks, man, for inspiring me to start reaching out to other people. So if you're scared to reach out and hang out with other people, you got to put the effort in first sometimes. It's just the way it is. But so going yeah, forward, thanks, I mean, thanks for yeah, the yeah. words. Yeah, of course. So this all relates back to what you founded. The bushwhackers can you share with the audience what that even means and why you started it can i give a little backstory about it <laughs> yeah yeah of course well so bushwhackers is kind of a funny thing it started out as a uh as a joke that my buddy and i had on while we were hiking on top of a mountain in 2020 um and we were we hiked up to this this peak and then we were like well we don't really want to follow the trail back down so let's you know because the trail like cuts back to the back side of the mountain and then comes around to the front side we're like let's just go right down the front of the mountain 
and get back to our car. So we were, we went off trail and we were literally bushwhacking for hours trying to find our way back to the car. And it was a, it was a nightmare. And we just, I don't know thought the term bushwhackers was really funny and like it really applied to that moment. And I don't know, it just, it's kind of a funny little, uh, I don't know, inside joke, I guess. But I, we had, I had taken a bunch of just like cell phone pictures during that trip. And I was like, these are kind of cool. Maybe I'll post them to Instagram. And maybe I'll, you know, just kind of build a little space to like put, put, put pictures on or something. And, um, not expecting anything out of, out of it. I just wanted a space on online to, to post pictures from hikes and things like that. And so we, I made the Bushwhackers Instagram page and it was just kind of like my Instagram, like kind of my personal Instagram page, um, mixed with, you know, I would post some of the photos that like my, my friends would take as well. Um, yeah, photos, the cell phone pictures from like hikes that's what I'm talking about, but, um, yeah, I was just posting cell phone pictures from like our hikes and stuff. And it was always kind of a group thing. Um, you know, like I was obviously the one running it and everything, but like I had a few little friends who, uh, little, few little friends, it's kind of a funny way to phrase it, but I had a few friends who I was, um, you know, always going out and, and hiking with. And so like I would post some of their pictures on there as well. And, and um, so it was always this kind of group outdoors kind of idea anyways um probably like eight months after starting the instagram page uh i kind of started getting into photography and um you know the instagram account started to grow it it hit a thousand followers on instagram pretty quick which isn't like you know it's not like a ton or whatever but um i was like oh this is like something that people are kind of attracted to and it's kind of a cool concept and i was like maybe there's something more that we can do with this you know i i always thought it would be kind of cool to start my own business and i will I, I never really knew what that would be um but as that page grew i was like maybe there's something here maybe there's something that we could do with this bushwhackers idea and so i kind of built out some concepts you know for what we wanted to do in the future um you know like we we've always wanted to have like a studio space, you know, a, a space to, to host like a gallery. Um, and we can, you know, host other people's work. We can have, we can sell merch. We can do rentals. Uh, we can do adventure tours, photography tours. I mean, we, we have, I, I built out, you know, all these ideas of things that I wanted to do for Bushwhackers. Um, but I didn't really have the people or the know, uh, the, the knowledge, I guess, to, to put it together. And so I kind of put it on the back burner a little bit. And this was, this is 2021, just to kind of timestamp it. But um, I kind of put it on the time on the, the back burner a little bit for just you know four or five months or so, and just worked on learning more about photography. Eventually, eventually I met Luke Furman, and literally the first day I met him, we had messaged. He had messaged me on Instagram, and he's like, "Hey, I'm friends with this person. Um, we're all going to." you know, go bowling or something tonight, you, you know, you should come. And I was like, Oh, heck yeah. And so we went bowling and I kid you not like 10 minutes after being into the bowling alley, Luke asked me like, what's this bushwhackers thing you have on your Instagram? So I was like, Oh, and I gave him the pitch, you know, gave him all my ideas and stuff. And he was like, sweet. I want in. (laughs) And literally like the first day after knowing Luke for like 20 minutes, he was like, I want in on this bushwhackers thing. And Luke was the kind of missing piece that I needed for for bushwhackers. You know, I needed 
I, I, I needed another person who, who knew some of this like business stuff. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of things that I didn't know how to do. And Luke was that missing piece. And, you know, we're, we're still slowly trying to build out, you know, a lot of the things that I originally wanted it to be, you know, a lot of those are probably five, 10 years into the future, but, um, we've really just tried to spend the last two and a half, three years, just focusing on the community building aspect of it. And, you know, taking people on photography trips, going on hiking trips with people and doing adventure trips and stuff, backpacking trips, just anything we can possibly do to connect with other people and to get other people into the outdoors. That's really what we've been focusing on. Um, you know, and that's also why we, we do our online Friday feature is that is kind of a, uh, I don't know, beta version of the studio gallery that we want to do at some point. Cause my, my dream is to do exactly that Friday feature thing, but do it in a physical gallery. Um, you know, and maybe not do it for like a month or something, but maybe do it for like six months. You know, we'll pick a local photographer and we'll display their work in there for like six months or something like that. That's kind of what I, my dream is behind that. And obviously it's, it's, it's kind of grown from there and, you know, we're doing all this stuff with YouTube and everything. And um, we, we have a lot of, a lot of things that we really want to do with this. And you know, being just two of us, a lot of times it's a little hard to juggle, but um, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. Um, we really value this this idea of, um, you know, let's do it slow and let's do it right. You know, we're not trying to force it. We're not trying to do it fast. We're not looking for, you know, investors. We had a, uh, a guy suggest like, hey, maybe we can get you on and invest some money into you guys, get you guys like, you know, 20 30 grand or something like that and you know kind of help you guys you know do this but that would have required like them taking some some what of a stake in the company and all this stuff like we just don't want to do that we just we really value a, a slow and um a, a slow and doing it right approach so um yeah i think that's i think that's kind of the general overview of what this is so Chandler, I want to touch on something. You share a different perspective than most people do. Most people think today, they think they can't think past tomorrow or today. You have this mindset that you're looking 10, five years down the road and in business and just in life and any type of goal planning, dream planning, getting somewhere, you have this mindset where you're thinking long-term, how can this be sustainable? I mean, most people don't think that far ahead, and that's why most people don't succeed. Can you please explain to people listening why you have this mindset and how you came about having this mindset? Um, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't really know why I have it. I don't know where that comes from. I just always have. I don't know. I've I've always been um kind of processing this in real time here. Um. <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not sure why i value that i guess i don't know i've i i guess i i've always really valued stuff that's not super flashy and i don't know i, I if that makes any sense you know like i i value things that are full of substance and that are thoughtful and um yeah I, I like I said, I'm trying to process this whole that question right now in real time. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. I'll be honest. I just, I don't know. I, I think that like the right way to do this is to um, be patient with it and have a long term approach. You know, like that's the thing. Is like we we are here for the long run. You know, we are hoping to be around for a long time. You know, you know, like Luke and I have joked a lot about like, oh, when we're when we're in our 60s or something, and like you know, our kids could be running this or something, you know, like we've, we've joked about things like that, you know, a lot before, like, for example, our, our friend Beatles just, you know, he, he's had a baby for a year now. And we always joke about how his son is going to, you know, run Bushwhackers someday or something, you know, things like that. Like we, we, I don't know. It's, it's just, we're thinking very long-term with it. And it's just something that we value. And I don't know exactly where that comes from. And you know, in me, I guess, but it's just something that I think is really important. So, well, I agree. And I mean, thank you for sharing that. And I know, uh, kind of an, threw you off a little bit, but I mean, it's something that I talk about a lot and I have different mentors in the business industry and that's something that they really harp on me about. Cause yes, I'm young and I've had this issue of only being able to see in the short term. And these guys are 20, 30, 40 years older than me. They lived a lot of life. And the one thing they always tell me, they say, Nick, you got to slow your roll, buddy. You're 21, 22 years old starting a business. How do you think you're going to just just do it right now? Do you think it's just going to happen overnight? Like, yo, you got to think in the long term. That's the only way that you're going to make these actual steps to make it sustainable. So I really think you, uh, you share a valuable perspective that people can learn a lot from just by listening to your podcast and just the different ways you approach all the Instagram space, everything you do at Bushwhackers. So keep going in that aspect man um you're doing a great job what, do you have any future plans this year what's something what's one thing that you want to accomplish 2024 with bushwhackers um i mean i've got a few so my i think my my main goal right now is i'm kind of focusing on on youtube a little bit trying to build our youtube channel i think there's a lot of potential there for things that we can do on the uh on the youtube space so i my my goal is to become monetized at least this year on on youtube and i think that once that happens that'll open up some you know good opportunities and avenues for us you know we're we're close we're we're you know itching itching towards that uh that you know 1000 subscriber mark and, and whatnot and um hopefully you know in the next I don't know, six months or so, we'll get there. Um, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get there faster. But that's kind of one of them. That's kind of where my, my focus is for the most part. Um, and then we, last year, we started doing volunteer projects with the um, Forest Service. And we only were able to, just because of like the time of year last year and the all the problems we had with weather and things like that. We were only able to do two projects. And I don't know, I guess last year was kind of our test run with it, I guess you could say. But so this year we really want to push and do a lot more service work with the, uh, with the forest service. So, um, I mean, as you know, last year we had, last winter we had an insane amount of snow and, and, um, and water and that kind of messed up, you know, like the forest service ability, forest services ability to be able to do a lot of like trail maintenance and stuff until later into the year. And so it kind of messed up some of our plans along with theirs. 
And so this year we're hoping that we can start a little bit earlier, maybe start in like March or April and, you know, start putting work in with the, uh, the forest service. So, cause that's something we think is really valuable is, you know, doing service work and, um, cleaning up the, uh, the outdoor space, you know, that we love spending so much time in. Um, let's see what else, what other plans? Um, I don't know if you've seen, but beat oats is doing a, uh, uh, little like hiking challenge for this year to, to hike more than like 300 miles this year or something like that. He's got a bunch of people involved with it and stuff. And, you know, so that's something that, you know, personally I want to be able to do, um, it'd be able to accomplish this year. Um, hopefully I can do that soon. I'm dealing with some health issues the last few months. And so I'm kind of waiting for, to get feeling a little bit better with some of that stuff. And, you know, then I can be hitting the ground running with that, with that kind of stuff. But, um, what else, man? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. So, well, those are some good ones, man. I really think those are some good goals for people who want to volunteer for the forest service and just, volunteer in general in the aspect to help the trails is there anywhere they can go specifically like a website or an instagram account that they can find where they can how they can help yeah so we have well so we have our our website um realbushwhackers.com uh and we have a bunch of information on there on you know stuff that we're doing in the local area um you know like we'll when the time comes we'll have like our schedule up for all of our different projects and stuff and there's a bunch of information on there of you know how to how to prep for some of those projects and what to kind of look for and what to expect from those um as far as you know if you're not in utah and you're not able to come do work with us you know i would just recommend reaching out to your local forest service um organization they always have you know volunteer needs they always have people that they're they're looking forward to, to help with them and you know no matter where you are you just have to to reach out to them and they'll kind of direct you. So that's what I would recommend. Awesome. And I think I might join in on this 300 mile challenge. I know I'm about a month behind, but I think I can play a little catch up and a little bit of, can you consider me in on this competition or challenge, whatever you want to call it. So a uh, fellow Californian over Dude, here, will yeah. be on it with you. Yeah. So yeah, message, um, message Beatos. Cause he's got like a whole, um, chart build out for everybody who's oh. doing it so you can track all your miles and everything on there so oh no way okay i'll, I'll definitely message him man. yeah cool okay yeah, cool so i mean this is something i think um you're good at as well i mean creators creatives artists sometimes are not confident in their work and i feel like you're confident because you're grounded in all your values so i mean is there any things that you can help them approach being more confident in their work? Do they have to develop certain skills or a mindset shift? What do you do to approach this? Um, this is actually something that I struggle with pretty much every day because I, I, I am much less confident in my work than maybe I, I come across. Um, I, I mean, basically everything I've ever done, I'm like, that could have been better. You know, which I think is a healthy mindset to have, especially when you're, you know, developing art and in photography, video, and anything like that. You know, you can always improve. I think that's a good mindset to have. Um, but it is important to be confident in yourself, at least. Um, I at least I, I might not have all the most confidence in my work all the time. You know, like every photo I've ever taken, I, I 
I, I don't look at those photos and think like, yeah, I am 100% confident in all these photos, but I am confident that I put, you know, confident in myself and in my abilities that I put in as much effort as I could. And I made those photos and those videos the best that I could. Um, you know, maybe they didn't turn out exactly as I was hoping. And as time goes on and I learn more, I kind of look back and I think like, yeah, those could have been better in this way. And I, um, I spent a lot of time kind of, you know, self-evaluating my own work and trying to see what I can do to improve. And, um, that is, that, that's one thing actually that, that has built my confidence is doing a lot of self-evaluation. Um, you know, being, being self-critical. A lot of people think that maybe that's counterproductive, but I would actually argue on the contrary because you spend a lot of time, you know, looking back and seeing some of the mistakes you made, seeing some of the, the you know, the errors that you made in your, in your work or just in your life in general. Um, but that gives you a really good blueprint to move forward and gives you a good blueprint to learn and to, to grow and develop as, you know, whether it's a photographer or a uh, filmmaker or just, you know, as a person. So, and I think that that's where, self-confidence comes from 100 percent tracking results and being able to evaluate what it is for what it is not looking at it subjectively where you have emotion tied to it just looking at it this is what it is and this is where i can improve here i can improve in my focusing i can get my folk my foreground more in focus for my next shot things like that and i think that you're hitting that on the dot um travel industry we're both in it but not I've pulled away from that aspect of it. Do you think the travel industry has a negative impact on photographers? That's a good question. Um, I think yes and no. Um, I think... I say no because I think the travel industry has provided a lot of opportunities for to photographers. Um, it's the travel industry in and of itself is kind of what's helped make photography so popular in the last five to seven years. You know, photography tied with or, or excuse me, travel the travel industry tied with um, Instagram. So I think that that has really opened. It's created a gateway for people to be able to get into photography easier um made it a little bit more accessible to people and so i think the opportunities that come from that are really cool they're really you know it gives people a lot of really good employment opportunities as far as like what they can do as you know from being a photographer so i think stuff like that i i don't think it's it's a negative for photography now i think the um the overconsumption and the overproduction of that and everybody trying to be a travel photographer is is where the uh the negative connotations kind of come in you know we we have started we, we talked a little bit ago about the uh the instagram style of photography and i think a lot of that has come from people who are travel photographers you know those are the types of photos that you know do really well on instagram they're really you know really cool exotic photos really punchy colors really um easy to comprehend compositions and things like that um, I think that those those photos have created a, uh, or that style of photography, I guess, has kind of created a uh, weird little world where, you know, that's where a lot of people think that like that's the limit of photography, that that's all they can do is all that because there's so much of it. There's so much of that style of content 
content. <laughs> There's so much of that style of photography um, on the internet that people, th their world is kind of shaped by that style. Um, you know, they kind of get tunnel vision in that. Um, but realistically, like there's there's so much to photography that's outside of the travel industry and Instagram, the kind of social media style of photography. Um, and I think it's, well, not a lot of people really have easy access to that. You know, like for example, you know, studio portrait photography, for example, like I didn't really, I never once messed with studio photography until I was working full time as a commercial photographer for a billion dollar company, you know, and like they had the capabilities and the space to be able to do that type of photography. It's not something that's as easy to get into as um, travel and landscape photography. So, um, and I've kind of lost my train of thought, but th those are kind of my thoughts on that. So, like I said, I, I think it, it's, it's kind of a yes and no. It's, it has had negative impact, negative impact, but it's also, I think been good for the world of photography as well in some ways. So, yeah. You uh, touch on some things you kind of led into my next question about breaking away from one style of photography both of us, I mean, at least I started out as a landscape photographer in the terms of photography. I don't really know what you started in, but you've been prioritizing landscape photographer quite some time from when I've been following you. And breaking away from that and testing the waters for different types of photography, how important do you feel like that is to grow as a photographer and to grow your skill set? And maybe, maybe, hold on. Does getting better at another type of photography improve you improve your landscape photography? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I so my I've always been into landscape photography. That's kind of what I started out doing, um, and that's always been my main love and passion. I guess is landscape photography, and that's that's the type of photography that kind of excites me the most. But I when I started doing commercial photography and started doing like lifestyle photography and product photography and studio photography and things like that i saw my landscape photography um develop and grow exponentially just because of the concepts and things that i was learning while doing commercial photography you know there's a lot of things like color accuracy for example like if you're doing a shoot for a company you've got to have accurate colors and that was you know something i never really I don't know, valued, I guess, or really like thought was super important in doing landscape photography. And again, part of this is like, you know, a lot of people on Instagram when, you know, when they're doing their photos, they are, are put, particularly with landscape photography, they push the colors, for example. This is just an example, but they push the colors really far in some of their images. And I've done it myself, you know, and um, I uh, kind of learning how to properly color an image um is something that really really helped my photography um i think another good example of this is i used to be and this is going to sound really funny but i used to kind of be really scared of the color blue in my photos <laughs> um like i didn't want i didn't want i would desaturate the blue every single time you know this was this was a few years ago but when i would edit my photos i would pull all of the blue out i was like can't be blue um and i don't really know why i think it's just because i was i was going for such a uh like dark moody look in my my photo so I would pull a lot of the blue out and I was really scared of using that color in my my photos and then after doing commercial lifestyle photography 
you have to use all like you can't really stylize it like that and so i had to kind of get used to using that color and you know matching that color with you know other colors and learning color theory and and things like that and um it's just made me a better photographer and a better editor in the end so yeah i would say that absolutely learning other types of photography will make you a better landscape photographer or any other kind of photographer for that matter sidebar i used to i used to desaturate the blues all the way to i uh the scary color dude dude i was like that's too blue it's just too blue but before i let you go any advice you would give to a younger chandler in terms of photography maybe it's the creative industry just following your dreams any advice you would give to a younger chandler what would you tell that guy maybe a 21 year old chandler what would you tell him huh um what would I tell myself? Just make sure. I, I think I would just tell myself to make sure that I went about everything with the uh, the spirit of education, I guess. You know, that's that's one thing that I really value with the way that I approach my own photography is I'm always learning or I'm always striving to learn as much as I possibly can. You know, and that's kind of a testament to just how much I love the craft. Um, but I just, I want to learn everything I can. And so I think like, um, if my younger self had maybe taken some of that a little bit more serious, then maybe it would be a little further along or maybe just, you know, take things, take photography and take this whole, I don't know, adventure with bushwhackers and photography and whatnot and, and take it seriously. Um, because I think for the first couple of years, it was just really like a fun thing for me, which is fine. You know, it was, it was a hobby. Um, but then that kind of translated over into when I started doing it professionally. I was always, oh, I get to do this thing that I love doing for fun. And I get to do it professionally. And that kind of affected, you know, the way that I approached my work at times, you know, because it was like, it was a fun thing. And it was a, uh, you know, it was a hobby. It was something that I got to do, you know, is, you know, when I was screwing around and, and you know, had nothing better to do. And all of a sudden having to do it professionally it kind of I didn't always approach things with the most professional um stance I guess and so I think I would tell myself to maybe in the earlier years of doing this maybe take it a little bit more seriously because you'll go much further if you do and you'll be better at it in the end so such great points Chandler I myself I've been finding more value in education I've been reading at least one two books a month now trying to get more information on whatever it is getting improvements and taking it serious, pretty professional. One story I have, woke up before I let you go. I was on this video production shoot. I was, it was a big one. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is the real deal. Like, they're paying me to do this. And this is like a live set actors. I'm like running shot list storyboards. I'm doing everything. And I'm like, oh, I probably should have uh, done more planning and pre-production. So, mm-hmm. man, you hit it right on the nail. For those listening right now, where can they go to follow all the adventures that you do, Bushwhackers? Where can they go and how can they support you? Well, so I, I always laugh when um, people ask me this because I have like a billion links. <laughs> and I don't want to just like share all of them because that's obnoxious. But because we have all of our Bushwhacker links and I have all my like personal stuff too. Um, 
but I would first and foremost go to YouTube and follow us on YouTube under Bushwhackers. Um, it's we're we're not like the biggest channel yet, so like you know sometimes it can be a little harder to find us, but uh, just look for the logo that has a little like orange and white diamond on it, and that's us. But uh, definitely follow us there. Um, follow us on Instagram at Real Bushwhackers. Um, side note, we're trying to change the name from Real Bushwhackers to just Bushwhackers because Real Bushwhackers is not our name and people think that that's the name and it's been a little bit confusing for people. So we're trying to think, trying to change the name for that. Um, a little side note, a little uh, preview into that's something that we're doing for this year is we're trying to change the Instagram handle. Um, anyways, yeah, follow Bushwhackers. And then I don't know, my Instagram is Chandler underscores photo Chandler underscore photos 33. Um, and you can see all my stuff on there. I am not super active on Instagram right now. Um, I know this was one of your questions that you kind of had posed up, but like I deleted all the social media from my phone. And so I only get on Instagram on my desktop and it's the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's follow us all over there. So, Anyone who's listening, go follow them along. These guys are awesome, authentic, true to themselves. I truly mean it. Chandler, I truly appreciate you coming out, taking the time to sit with me and answer my questions. Hopefully, I ask some thought-provoking ones, and I hopefully we meet each other in real life at some point. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. And you definitely asked a few thought, very thought-provoking questions. <laughs> um, and yeah, I... Uh, you got to come back out here to Utah, or maybe we just need to come to you. So we'll have to, or let's meet in the middle at some point and go to Yosemite. How would we do that? And now Chandler has left the building. I really hope you gained some valuable insights. Listening to this podcast, Chandler really did give some insightful information. He's someone I look up to, and he's been an inspiration to me on this platform. And I hope you guys go in and go follow him and everything to see what he's doing. And if you like this podcast episode, make sure you give it a like button on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button. It really helps us grow our channel. Or on Instagram if you want to connect with all of us. At the Nick Amp as my account and at the Nick Amp Podcast for the podcast Instagram account. or on all the streaming platforms. And I cannot wait to share next week's episode and all the future episodes. We did start interviewing some pretty awesome guests. And they're all professionals, whether in the business sphere, the creative sphere. And I want to have them all on to help inspire you guys and insightful information that you guys can use and take actionable steps towards your goals. And I'll see you next week.